think a lot of people are misguided in the nutrition world where they think they just need to cut out more foods and then they'll be perfectly healthy. And that can get into a situation where we actually lose our intuitive ability to pick the foods that are right for us. There's a condition known as orthorexia where we just get obsessed with clean eating. And then we just think, you know, like, okay, I just have to cut more foods and then I'll heal. And again, we're just getting sicker. So really looking at that whole picture is gonna be really important for getting your health back. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today is a big day for my amazing rock star friend, Dr. Isabella Wentz. Dr. Isabella's new book, The Hajimoto's Food Pharmacology, dropped today, and I received an advanced copy, which let me tell you, it is nothing short of amazing. Now, I want to give a little context about Hajimoto's before we get into this conversation. More than 35 million Americans have been diagnosed with Hajimoto's, including myself about a year ago. It's the country's fastest growing autoimmune disease, which affects the thyroid gland, your master metabolic gland, and causes the body to attack its own cells. Symptoms include weight gain, fatigue, hair loss, chronic pain, constipation, brain fog, irritable bowel syndrome, allergies, anxiousness, and so much more. Those are just the heavy hitters. Now, what Dr. Isabella has discovered is that the power of nutrition can play a huge role on the healing of Hajimoto's. And that is exactly what she and I are gonna be diving into today with great detail. Now, if you or someone you know has been diagnosed with Hajimoto's or have some of the symptoms that I mentioned above, definitely continue to tune in and let them know about this episode. And I wanna take it even a step further and recommend that you grab her newest book, and her number one New York Times bestselling book, The Hajimoto's Protocol. Now, before we jump into this interview with Dr. Isabella, I want to just take a moment and speak personally about Hajimoto's and let you know that I am personally planning to release an episode sharing what I have done on my healing journey with Hajimoto's along with key recommendations and resources. As you can imagine, a big resource of mine has been Dr. Isabella. Now, I I went undiagnosed with Hajimoto's for at least a couple of years. Now, initially, I thought it was stress again because I was experiencing a little bit of brain fog, fatigue, I was putting on weight, and even some IBS was showing up. And those were some of the symptoms that I had even 10 years ago when I really began to encounter hormone chaos. But I began to implement a lot of those protocols back then And even though I implemented the protocols, I was still feeling pretty crappy and the weight, it just wasn't coming off. Finally, we decided to test the thyroid antibodies. We looked at thyroid peroxidase antibody, which is the TPO. This is the most common test for autoimmune thyroid disease. It can be detected in Graves' disease or Hajimoto's thyroiditis. And we also looked at the thyroglobulin antibody. This antibody targets thyroglobulin, the storage form of thyroid hormones, which is causing a lot of the symptoms that I was dealing with. Now, initially, as you can imagine, I was pretty devastated by this diagnosis and equally felt embarrassed 
but I kept missing it for a couple of years. And that's because my thyroid panel looked great. And therein lies the problem. Many people are being overlooked because their initial panel looks either okay or great. But that doesn't mean that your body isn't attacking your thyroid behind the scenes like it was mine. Now this was a big wake up call for me and it was right in the middle of writing my newest book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. My diagnosis heavily influenced part three of this book. Now if you have the book, thank you so much. I hope you're loving it. And if you're thinking about getting a book, I hope that this part of the book really benefits you. In part three of the book, I always talk about how it was the program I created on a silver platter for you, the program that I wish I had 10 years ago. But when I created this hormone rescue program, this 14-day program in the book, I adapted it slightly from a similar protocol that I've used to really include and focus on anti-inflammatory thyroid, liver, and gut healing foods. You know, I recognize that inflammation is a lot of why we are struggling with our health care and our health in general. So I wanted to create a program that not only would benefit your overall hormone system, but also could help support a lot of the critical organs necessary for us to function every single day. So I actually do this program about four times a year, along with everything else built into the program in part three of the book. Now, I can't wait to share more with you soon, but before we get started, I want to just take a moment and celebrate your wins. You know how much I love to do that. Now, today is officially the one-year anniversary of the Essentially You podcast, and I am experiencing all the feels right now. It's the biggest gift to be able to interview some of my dearest friends and shed light on women's hormone health with you. So thank you, thank you so much. And on today's amazing milestone of one full year, this gorgeous, amazing anniversary, we also hit 300,000 downloads. I just can't even believe it. I've been having a lot of those can't even believe it kind of moments recently, but that means that we hit 50,000 downloads this month alone. And all that really means to me is that we are getting the message out there. More and more women are tuning in. And that is such a big win. When we're empowered with our healthcare, not only do we do better for ourselves, but we're able to take that message out to the people that matter most to us. So with the addition of these two episodes every week, we are bringing on more amazing health rock stars who are listening in. And one particular rock star is Amanda Jones. And I'm excited to shout out her win today that she shared on Insta with me a couple days ago. So here is the testimonial she shared with her people and with myself. Marisa, you are the best. Keep up your real talk and truth around women's health. My periods are finally regulated after five years because of the information I received from your episodes. I can't thank you enough for this resource, and I share it with all of my friends. Even my mom listens to your show and has made some changes, and that is awesome. Well, I can't tell you how amazing that is, Amanda. You are truly a girl after my own heart. Thank you so much for not only sharing your big win, but your mama's win 
And congratulations on being able to regulate your menstrual cycle. I know how big of a deal that is. And I am holding space for your continued healing miracles, girl. Now, if you're listening to Amanda, I would love to gift you a 10 mil super women blend. You guys know how much I love this blend. So you can reach out to me on Facebook via private message or on Instagram in my DMs. I know you know how to find me there. And on Instagram, it's at Dr. Marisa. That's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Well, fellow podcast listeners, I would love to continue to shout you out too. And you can reach out to me via Insta, Facebook, or by simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you love to plug into. That way I can continue to support more women who are ready to become the CEO of their health. So let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dr. Isabella Wentz. But first, I want to sing her praises. Dr. Isabella Wentz, who is a pharmacist, has dedicated herself to addressing the root cause of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed with her Hajimoto's thyroiditis in 2009. She is a leading expert in Hajimoto's, the author of the New York Times best-selling patient guide, Hajimoto's Thyroiditis, and the New York Times number one best-selling book, The Hajimoto's Protocol. You can check her out at Dr. Isabella Wentz, But also, she is the founder and co-producer of the Hajimoto's Institute, which is an educational outreach dedicated to optimizing the treatment of Hajimoto's. And she is truly passionate about helping people with Hajimoto's. She also loves small fluffy dogs, yoga, hiking, fashion, and throwing out random winning sayings whenever she can get away with it. So you can check her out on Instagram. You can go off to her website as she is such a wealth of information when it comes to this topic. And she has got three best-selling books on Hajimoto's out there on Amazon. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Isabella Wentz. Girl, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Marisa. It's so good to be here with you today. It is so good. You know, I'm usually with you in Colorado where we're at events together. It's really nice to be able to get to connect on this level and to share some of the big things that you've got going on. But before we get into this conversation about food pharmacology and how to heal Hajimoto's naturally, I know that this has been not only a passion of yours for many years, supporting millions of women around the world with Hajimoto's, but you have a really important story? Like what was really the impetus for why you decided that this was going to be the work that you got into? So it's kind of funny because when I was going through pharmacy school to become a pharmacist, I was never really interested in the thyroid. I, I just thought people either had an underactive thyroid and you gave them medication for that, or they had an overactive thyroid and you just gave them medication to suppress that. Right. And I really didn't become even somebody that was interested in the thyroid until I was diagnosed myself with Hashimoto's thyroiditis and underactive thyroid and hypothyroidism in 2009. And this was after almost a decade of my health journey. I had chronic fatigue. I had irritable bowel syndrome. I had acid reflux. I had carpal tunnel in both arms and hair loss, dry skin, panic attacks, you name it. I had all the symptoms. And when I got diagnosed, I was excited. Part of me was, right? Because I was like, finally, I have an answer to what's been going on with me this whole time. And I was excited to get started on the thyroid hormone medications. But even when I started taking the medications, I only 
had a little bit of an improvement. So instead of sleeping 12 hours, I was sleeping 11 hours and it was nice to have that one hour back, but come on, I still wasn't, you know, functioning like a normal human. And then I also still had the irritable bowel, still had the carpal tunnel, still had a lot of the pain in my body, the anxiety and hair loss. And and I just thought to myself, you know, what is going on with my body? Why has my body betrayed me? What is the root cause of this? In pharmacy school, I was always taught about, you know, lifestyle changes for different conditions. And, and really it was strange because when I was diagnosed, there were no lifestyle changes and no recommendations for Hashimoto's other than like, hey, if your thyroid is being destroyed by your immune system and can't make enough thyroid hormone, you just take thyroid hormone. And I was like, well, what about the immune system? Something's going on there. Something's going on with with my thyroid gland being damaged. What can I do about that? And really that was how I became a Hashimoto's expert slash human guinea pig was just trying to get my own health back and trying to be the healthiest person with this autoimmune condition as well as hoping that maybe one day I would find something that would help me reverse the condition and get rid of all of my symptoms. And well, and you've done such a marvelous job. Now I want to kind of roll back a little bit when that was that moment, right? You get the diagnosis and there's something to be said about after all these years of maybe misdiagnosis or not having an answer, you finally get this answer and you think that you're going to get the solution, right? And so many, so many women, so many patients out there are like, okay, I've got the diagnosis Thank God. now I'm going to get the medicine to get well, but then they don't get well. They don't get well. And so what was that like, that moment where you're like, well, shoot, what do I do? You know, it was incredibly disappointing because here I was like, finally, I have the answer and you get so much hope. And then all that hope kind of goes away and you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? And at that point I was like, okay, there's gotta be something more that I can do. And I was already working with people with really complicated healthcare needs at that point with really rare conditions. And there was no, you know, quote unquote medication to, to take care of them. So a lot of times we had to think outside of the box and we had to look at patient forms and the latest research to try to figure out how we can best help our patients. So I started just to use that methodology for myself where I, I thought to myself, okay, well, maybe there's something in the research that my doctor doesn't know about. Maybe there's something out there that some patients have discovered with this condition that people just don't know about. It's kind of amazing with with how innovation in medicine, how slow it is to spread. I'll give you one example. Just, just in my own experience, the first year that I worked in the pharmacy, three of my patients reported that they had a problem with the generic medication. The generic for Wellbutrin did not work for them. And you know, I was like, that's strange. It should work just fine. But I took their word for it. And I gave them the other medication, returned their money, and I filed three separate FDA reports. It wasn't until like five to seven years later that I saw this reported in, you know, like the latest innovative journals that the generic just didn't work. And, and I saw it in with my own eyes in the pharmacy. Three patients at a very small pharmacy had the same kind of reaction. And so a lot of times, you know, we are at the this amazing digital age where you're able to spread information with with your listeners about all the different things that you're finding are working with with your clients and we're just really growing together we're really really kind of discovering all these innovative things that can help us and so it was you know i kind i kind of just decided to take my health into my own hands and and try different things and eventually some of them worked so i'm happy to 
share with um, everybody what the ones that worked were. Yeah, let's get into the ones that worked. So really getting to that root cause. And, you know, that was so much about that first book that you wrote, right? Getting to the root cause of it and realizing, okay, the thyroid is getting beaten up by the immune system. It's the immune system response. Where is that problem, right? And that was kind of what you were digging and going for. So what, some of those discoveries for you, what was that? And what were, I know, because you have, you know, one of my favorite, your second book is just, I recommend it almost every single day, Isabella. Like the Hajimoto's protocol is so powerful. It's so comprehensive. It really gives people the framework for answers that they have longed, wanted for so long. You know, really kind of giving them what they need. But what were some of the things that began to work with you? When, when did you feel like you were turning, turning the tide towards feeling better? You know, it's funny because it was actually a few different things that I did. And I, I got progressively better with each of them. One of them was getting rid of foods that were causing inflammation in my body. And I was this big skeptic. And I thought, you know, there's no way that food can cause any issues with my body if it were the case, then I would have learned about it in pharmacy school, right? I was I was there for four years in graduate school. I had a doctorate degree. Of course, I would have known something about this, right? So I had acid reflux and irritable bowel syndrome and a carpal tunnel and this horrific bloating. No matter how much I worked out, I just had this really bloated stomach. I guess I didn't work out that much because I just sort of gave up on it eventually. But I cut out gluten and dairy. Within three days, my acid reflux was gone. Marisa, I had acid reflux for three years. I was on Pepsid. I was on proton pump inhibitors. I was doing GI barium swallows. I was you know, cutting out coffee and spicy foods and acidic foods. And I didn't drink any wine, which, which was terrible, right? Mm. Uh, and had to basically pop Tums all day and run out of meetings at work because I had to throw up because of my acid reflux, quote unquote, was so bad. And it turned out that it was dairy sensitivity. So within three days, that was gone. A few more days and my irritable bowel syndrome that I had since my first or second year in pharmacy school. So that was like 10 years at that point, that was gone. And then within a few more months, once I got some chiropractic adjustments, the carpal tunnel that I had in both arms was gone. And I actually had to quit the job that I loved because it involved too much time on a computer. And now, I mean, I write books. I have zero problems with carpal tunnel unless, you know, I get exposed to a lot of dairy. Then it's flared up once or twice before. And so that was like a really, really big moment. And of course, I talk about inflammatory foods that can upset you in food pharmacology. The second really big component of it was figuring out that I had digestive enzyme deficiencies. And the one digestive enzyme that had a big, big impact on me was betaine with pepsin, which helps us digest our protein-containing foods. To make a long story short, what I did is I started taking it with my protein foods one night. This when I was sleeping like 10 or 11 hours a night. And then the next morning, I woke up after seven hours of sleep, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And I had chronic fatigue for like 10 years. And at that point, I woke up and I started writing my first book. And I thought, wow, if I can have all this energy, then I could definitely figure this out. So that was the second thing was the digestive enzymes. And the third thing was looking at my nutrient deficiencies. One nutrient deficiency that I had that was, that was really significant was thiamine. Now, people who are deficient in thiamine may have blood sugar swings, 
They might have low blood pressure and also fatigue. So taking that was a huge game changer for me. All of a sudden, you know, I got even more energy and it was like, wow, I feel human again. And what's amazing is I've had people reach out to me who have said one person was on disability because of their terrible fatigue. They started taking the thiamine and within a few months, they were back to working part-time. And I'll get random people who come up to me at conferences and give me hugs because they'll say, you know, just you writing about thiamine has changed my life. And, and, you know, that's what I talk about food pharmacology. I talk about the foods that are inflammatory, the foods that are supportive. I talk about how to figure out which digestive deficiencies, enzyme deficiencies you might have and how to address them, which enzymes to use, as well as how to tell what nutrient deficiencies you have and which nutrients to use. And, and that's why it's, it's more than just, you know, a cookbook. It's really a nutrition guide to help you become your own nutrition guru. I can't wait. I think that giving people really the ins and outs, I want to back up just a tiny bit because I, you know, a big part of, of the diagnosis or the immune system kind of going you know, haywire is a lot to do, or would you say that it has a lot to do with gut imbalances? Would you say that it has a lot to do with these nutritional deficiencies? And we really have got to fix these pieces before we start to work on it's a whole separate thing than just taking the thyroid medication. Absolutely. So thyroid medication is, you know, kind of like a band-aid. And, and I absolutely say take it, take whatever you can to help yourself. And in the advanced stages when we've had a super damaged thyroid, we're going to need that medication. And it's it's really the the kindest thing to do for yourself is to take the hormones to to help you. And just a side note, I also want to make sure you take the right hormones for you, which in some cases may be natural desiccated thyroid hormones. But with with what's really going on in the body, it's going to be food sensitivities, nutrient depletions, intestinal permeability, poor ability to handle stress, poor ability to handle toxins. And in some cases, we may also see different types of infections. Some of them could be gut infections like H. pylori, for example. Yeah, for me, when I was diagnosed with Hajimoto's, it was very subclinical, but definitely something wasn't right. And we were able to steer it back to a, a parasitic infection that I had had that I probably had had for so long and you know trying to figure that out as well but a, it caused a lot of gut issues for me and a, such a big part of that I was using your protocols and I was you know clearly eliminating some of the most important food allergens or things that really you know created inflammation in the gut but then also trying to figure out what type of deficiencies were going on. Isabella, how does one start on that path? Because that path could feel a little daunting or a little complicated. And I'm so glad that you found your root cause. I also had um, Blastocystis hominis, which is a protozoal parasite. And yes, we can have parasites in the United States, right? It's one of those things. Um, But with the nutrient deficiencies, there's a few different ways to, to figure out if you have them. And not to get too complicated, I do address that in the the book, but we have some nutrients that you will want to do an assessment for. So for example, magnesium, there isn't like a really great lab test or blood test you can do to figure out if you have magnesium deficiency. So a lot of times I'll say like, let's look at your symptom list. If you have constipation, if you have premenstrual cramping or cramping throughout your period, if you have PMS, if you have anxiety, if you have headaches, if you um, are sensitive to loud noises, if you have trouble sleeping, these are all symptoms of a magnesium deficiency. And then taking magnesium supplement is generally pretty safe. So you can just try taking a magnesium 
supplement. I like the citrate version for people with thyroid disorders to see how you do with it, if it helps you or not. And then there's other types of nutrients that we absolutely need to test for. So one of these is going to be ferritin. Ferritin is an iron storage protein. And you you don't want to just take iron willy-nilly because that can lead to toxicity. That can cause uh, buildup of iron, and that's not a good thing either. So I recommend doing a test for ferritin in that regard. B12 and then vitamin D, you can also do lab tests for. And then some of the other nutrients, um, I really look at symptoms to help you figure out if you have that particular nutrient deficiency. And then, you know, sometimes it's trial and error to figure out like, okay, well, has this helped? And different nutrients, you'll know if they're going to be helpful right away. For example, with the five five days. That makes complete sense. I know as you were naming those things off, very much so. I had a magnesium deficiency that was very clear. I had We tested for vitamin D. We could see that my ferritin was low. Girl, I'm taking all those supplements right now. <laughs> you start to look at the symptoms. And I know that in the book, it really does lay out, okay, if something's going on here, it's worth looking into that particular deficiency or like how do we supplement that deficiency? Would that be correct? Absolutely, because food is a big part of it. I think a lot of people are misguided in the nutrition world where they think they just need to cut out more foods and then they'll be perfectly healthy. And that can get into a situation where we actually lose our intuitive ability to pick the foods that are right for us. There's a condition known as orthorexia where we just get obsessed with clean eating. And then we just think, you know, like, okay, I just have to cut more foods and then I'll heal. And again, we're just getting sicker. So really looking at that whole picture is going to be really important for getting your health back. So with food, for example, it's going to help so many different things. So it's going to help nourish our bodies, but we still may have nutrient deficiencies, even with the cleanest, most nutrient dense diets. And that's where supplements come in. And we still might have these digestive enzyme deficiencies. And that's where these digestive enzymes come in. And I also go through in in the book about how do you figure out if the diet is not working for you? And how do you know that you need to do more than that than just diet? So really looking at, okay, I have done all of these things, you know, I've checked my boxes and do I need to test my gut now? Do I need to look at, you know, do I have toxicity in my body and how are my adrenals doing, right? I always think of, you got to look at the horses first and then you got to look at the zebras. So first knocking out some of the most important foods and then taking a look and seeing, you know, where is the core root of the issue arising from? Exactly. And, and I think that really the beauty and, and, you know, my goal for, for people is to really be in charge of their own health and the nutrition stuff. A lot of times people can do on their own or they could do with, with their local doctors. A lot of times people will ask me, where can I find a doctor to, to help me along with, with my health? And, and unfortunately, most doctors are not trained in nutrition. So we really need to take charge of our own health and figure out how to feed ourselves, how to take care of ourselves. And and once we get that fundamental nutrition into our into our systems, then the body's going to heal better. And then we just need to find a practitioner to perhaps tweak some of these different things, right? Yes. So Isabella, would you normally recommend that somebody has, you know, someone local that they're working with as well? I feel like the, and I'd love to talk a little bit about the 90-day, the Hajimoto's protocol. I mean, could someone really guide themselves through with that book? I know that you've had a lot of readers who've done that with great success. 
So absolutely. I think it's always best to work with a practitioner that you trust locally that can see you in person. We can kind of have biases, right? And blind spots for our own health. That said, there are people who have just followed the 90 day protocol and they have strengthened their bodies and eliminated some of their triggers and their bodies were able to produce, to, to heal, to produce, you know, health within them. And that's absolutely possible. At the same time, it depends on the person and some people may need more guidance. Some people may be able to kind of tweak a few things and do it on their own. Okay. That makes sense. I was just trying to get a little bit of clarity because I know so many people and I know you get these emails as well, where someone is feeling so lost, right? Maybe they've, they've read a couple blogs or they've, they've maybe had a friend who had some major changes. They gave up some foods, but yet something still isn't working. And I think one of the things that I'm so excited about this book is that it, it is really the nutritional deficiencies. We're so quick to take something out, but we never really look at what needs to come back in. I love that, you know, taking a look at what your vitamin profiles are and, and looking to see based on the symptoms, what is happening. Now, are there some favorite thyroid loving foods that, that you personally love that you love to recommend or that maybe are inside of the book? Yeah, I've got about 10 of them that I like to recommend. Two of them that I'll share because they're super easy to make. I've got YouTube videos and how to make them really quickly are going to be bone broth and then green smoothies. So what's very fantastic is I do outcomes research with my clients and I started doing them with my readers to get like a bigger kind of pool of, of data, right? Because I'm a, I'm a big nerd. It's like trying to figure out what things work for people in general, right? We're all going to be individuals, but there are things we can always start with because we know that they work for most people. So one of them is going to be bone broth. About 70% of people with Hashimoto's said bone broth was helpful. And 60% of them or so saw an increase in energy, another 60% or so an improvement in mood, and about a third saw an improvement in their skin. So this is something that's super easy. You can just throw all the ingredients in a slow cooker, crock pot, and walk away for 12 hours or an instant pot and you know do it in about an hour and just sip on that throughout the day. And then we also have green smoothies. When We have another about 70% of people said that those are very helpful. 80% said that they gave them more energy. 60% had improved mood. 40% noticed benefits for weight. So this is a great thing to introduce into our systems without stressing the digestion. So when we have a lack of digestive enzymes, we might have a hard time digesting proteins, fats, and even veggies and fruit, all the, all the wonderful fibers. And so when we do smoothies in like a high-powered blender, we blend up all those foods and make them more easy to digest which gives our digestive system a break. So that frees up more energy. And also all of those nutrients, all, all that yummy goodness is better absorbed into our bodies, which in turn, again, gives us more energy. Hmm. Girl, I love both bone broth and green smoothies. I oftentimes have them both for breakfast. You know, I've been on that green smoothie train since I met the green smoothie girls. And since we met, since I met Robin 10 years ago, and, and I, I totally 100% agree if people are struggling and I do, you know, I want to pivot the conversation in just a second. Cause I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of digestive enzymes. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but I just want to say, I, I love that those are two very simple things that people can begin to integrate and see really incredible benefits on. So thanks for that. Let's jump into digestive enzymes for just a moment because 
I find, you know, I always tell people that we only have a finite amount of digestive enzymes in the body and we have got to resupply them with the right foods. And oftentimes, girl, let's be honest, people aren't eating those right foods and we're not replenishing those digestive enzymes that leads to gut permeability. It leads to inflammation. And so can you talk a little bit about the benefit of digestive enzymes, particularly for quelling inflammation, but also how you've seen it have such a big, profound benefit for women or for people in general diagnosed with Hajimoto's thyroiditis? I'm such a huge fan of enzymes and there's, there's different ones. There's ones you take with food there are ones you take on an empty stomach, and then there are ones that you can take with accidental exposures to things like gluten or dairy or things that you know you're sensitive to. And the ones that we take with food, there are a few different kinds I recommend. So if you have a difficulty with digesting protein, then you would want to take something like betaine with pepsin. Some people also have a hard time with fats. In that case, um, some of the symptoms would be, for example, greasy stools sometimes diarrhea, they might have dry skin, they might have greasy hair in the roots that's dry at the ends. And taking something like pancreatic enzymes would actually be the the thing you would want to do at that point. And then veggie digestive enzymes are going to be helpful if you find um, when you're having your bowel movements, you have fibers, plant fibers in your bowel movements. And if you have a lot of bloating, all these different enzymes can really free up our nutrients and let them do their job in the body as well as prevent us from having that like sluggish, draggy feeling that we get when we just don't digest our foods properly. Another thing is when we don't digest our food properly, our body's more likely to recognize it as a foreign invader and then cause us to have more food food sensitivities to it. And that can, in some case, the foods can cross-react with our thyroid gland. And then we have the systemic enzymes, which are taking on an empty stomach. I found these to can actually reduce thyroid antibodies and reduce food sensitivities. And I also like gluten and dairy digestive enzymes for whenever we go out to eat, we never know if the food that's being prepared at a restaurant might have trace amounts of, of some of the things that we're sensitive to. That makes total sense. And would you recommend, I mean, clearly we got to get really clear on some of the symptoms, but I, I'm guessing, and this is based on my research and what I've seen when I've worked with patients, that I don't know anyone who wouldn't benefit from digestive enzymes, like at all, unless they're like on a juice diet forever. I honestly don't know. Any- <laughs> I think everyone needs to be on digestive enzymes. You know, the older we get, the less robust our digestion gets. So when you look at reasons why a person might have a digestive enzyme deficiency, they're like pages and pages long. And one of them is just simply getting older. That's so true. I take different digestive enzymes for different reasons, but I take digestive enzymes every single day. Most specifically, I take them with meals just because I want things to work better. I've, I've always felt like I've had a sluggish digestive system, and it's probably because of all the Pop-Tarts I ate when I was a little girl. But <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like whatever I, you know, like I never had that steel stomach. Like you always hear about those people who have the steel stomach and I just, I want, it's never been that for me, but I, you know, I knew I, in my thirties, I was like, something is not right. And I just, I just, I don't like, I never travel without them. I never eat meals without them. Everything's my, my digestive system, things moving through my system. They doesn't work as well without some assistance. You know, I think I'm at a point in my life where those are just always going to be a staple, I think forever at this point. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, some people are able to take them short term and then they can wean off of them and they don't need them for a while, but life changes. You know, you might have a period where, where you're stressed out or you get sick or you get an H. pylori infection, or, you know, you might have a baby and that can change your digestive system and that can change your body. I know when I was pregnant, my baby was squishing my pancreas. And so I actually had developed some deficiencies in pancreatic enzymes. And there, there's different things that happen. And really my goal with, um, you know, you, Marisa, you're so tuned in with your body and you know what it needs and you know how to nourish it and feed it. And, and you know, you know, like how to take care of it. And that's really my goal for everybody listening. And why I wrote my book is because I want the same for everybody to be like, Hey, you know, something's off. How do I dial in? And and they can always reference my book and say like, okay, I'm having this symptom. You know what? Maybe I need more magnesium or maybe, maybe I need more B vitamins or, or Hey, this, this actually sounds to me like selenium might be it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of the most invaluable things that I really love about this book, that piece. And then again, a lot of people are very scared and fearful of having to change their diet. You know, I always joke that I can get someone to use an essential oil before I can get them to make a green smoothie. And I'm obsessed <laughs> with green smoothies, but I can't. And people are like, okay, that oil thing, that seems a lot safer and easier than this whole green smoothie. And I know that food is a big challenge. And what I love about the book, I, I, the recipes feel so manageable, feel so doable. And I know that, you know, you, the whole family has shifted over their diet in your family. Same with mine. And when you were trying out these recipes, when you guys were testing these recipes, even with people who were like, whoa, this is usually not the, you know, it's, it's, it's excluding some of my favorite foods. What was the take on that? Like, do you feel like this is going to be so easy for people to kind of begin to implement, although they may be giving up some of the foods that they love? That was really my big goal is to make it as easy as possible for people. So I address how to do batch cooking, how to, you know, like not just like what to eat, but also like how to incorporate it into your life so that it actually becomes easier to eat this way than not to eat this way. So like what to eat when you're going out, where to shop, how to deal with unsupportive people. And then of course I have the 125 plus recipes with gorgeous photography. My dad is one example. So he is very skeptical of, of anything that's not like meat and potatoes and Polish food, right? So the other day we he was gracious enough to test a lot of the recipes and give him his stamp of approval. The other day though, he, he was eating the shepherd's pie recipe that's in the cookbook. And then I was like, dad, he's really loving it. Right. I'm like, dad, it's gluten-free. And he's like, what? And I'm like, it's organic. Right. And so, and he was so loving it. It's, it's kind of funny because you can make these recipes for yourself. They're really easy to make just a few steps. I don't have those like 75 steps where you have to like, at the end, add like the tail of an exotic little animal for it. There are like ingredients you're going to find every day in in your hometown and your own stores and you can order online. So they've been dad approved. That is big. It's huge. It is huge. huge. Food is so connected to our life, to culture, to family traditions. And that can be the hardest things that we get sucked back in. Just real quick, because I'm just so curious. I have dealt with some serious family bullies around the holidays, you know, about not eating this. Like, I always try to incorporate new healthy meals into the holidays. And my sister is like, nobody wants to eat that. Nobody is going to eat that. But my sister is like the big just saboteur of my game plan. So I don't know what to do about my sister. I really don't know what to do about her. But 
I found my own way of navigating and really just trying to get people on my side for why I've made the decisions that I've made for my health at that point. You know, like turning down my husband's aunt's favorite cheesecake. You know, what does that look like? You know, what are some of the techniques, you know, as we as we step in and we navigate birthday parties and we navigate going out to dinner with friends or we're at the bar and it's happy hour. What are some of the ways that we, you have found success navigating those waters? You know, everybody has those people in their family, right? In their circle. And one of the things to kind of differentiate between us to figure out like, is this person like a true friend? Are they a real friend? Or are they somebody that's like trying to hurt us? I once saw a um, support group for people with thyroid disorders. A woman shared that her friend invited her over for dinner. And this friend, and I use quote air quotes here, this friend said that she made her a meal that was gluten-free, dairy-free, and soy-free, right? And so this, this woman starts eating the food and starts getting sick, like in the middle of the meal. And then her quote unquote friend admitted that she snuck the foods in there, gluten, dairy, and soy, just to see what would happen because she didn't believe that her friend was actually sensitive to them. Friends like that, you don't need enemies, right? So definitely I I encourage you to surround yourself with people that love you and encourage you and cherish you and that wouldn't do that to you. So that's kind of the extreme. Luckily, most people are not that way. And in most cases, it's just having a simple conversation and explaining things to people in a way that they understand. So one of the things with my husband, he kind of thought like when I first went gluten-free that that I just could eat a little bit, that moderation wasn't an issue. And I really had to explain to him that even tiny amounts could be potentially hurtful. Other things that I've used and or I've, my clients have used have been saying things like, hey, this type of food makes my thyroid numbers go crazy. It makes my, this go crazy. And people are like, oh yeah, I get it. You know, there's foods that I don't eat because they cause me bloating or blah, blah, blah. Or migraines or something. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people have made that connection. And then there's always like, you know, thank you so much. And I'd love to have, have some, and then you, you know, like you can hide it in your purse, right? That's what, that's what I do with my aunties when they make like really good cookies. And then I go over to their house and there's this huge thing in Polish culture that you don't want to offend people. (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) So there's always hiding stuff in your purse. And and then of course you can't hide uh, shepherd's pie though in your purse. So you just those certain things. (laughs) depending on how big of a purse you have and then the other strategy is to bring you know your own food right right oh yes yes absolutely that makes sense okay so just being like hey listen this is how serious this could become for me giving people some context and just really asking people for grace right that maybe they don't sabotage you you know we're having friends over tonight for dinner and we're actually on a hormone detox right now even my husband you know just like yours alex is always down for whatever and you know we've cut out all of the the, the hormone sabotaging foods we're taking all of our supplements we're doing our green smoothies we're drinking our bone broth And we're having friends come over and I just wanted to preface with them like, hey, just a heads up. This is a detox friendly meal tonight. It's still super sexy. At least I think it's sexy. But um, like we're doing a sweet potato puree and we're doing sauteed chard with garlic and we're doing salmon. And I forget all the things. Alex just sent me a little text message before we started this this, um, podcast interview. He just kind of laying out the all the cool things we're doing tonight. And I think they're going to love it. But they already know. And they're so down, right, to do it tonight. So I always tell people, like, our house is never the house you really want to come over to because there's no chips. 
There's no, there's no sugar. There's no cookies. There's, there's not even, you can't find bread in this house, right? It's just not one of those homes where you're going to find like my mom and my sister kind of just steer away from my house. Cause there's nothing, nothing quote unquote good to eat inside of our home. <laughs> You know, and, and another thing I think that's like at the root cause is just really believing that you deserve to eat the way that makes you feel good, right? Other people, if they eat something, if a pizza makes them feel good, then then great for them. But, you know, if you know that these foods are causing you inflammation in your body, then you deserve to eat in a way that does not cause that. So tell me, you know, as we're wrapping up, what is your favorite thing about this new book? Like, what did you get so excited that you were just like, I cannot wait to share this with the millions of people who are going to get their hands on it? What was that? So of course, I've got all of the the wonderful nutrient guidelines and I've got like the digestive enzyme guides and, and different str- lifestyle strategies on how to make this happen. But the recipes, the, I had so much fun developing them and I was pregnant part of the time when I was developing these recipes. And so you'll see a lot of um, influences of, of my little boss baby where I was like, hmm, you know, a pie would be really nice right about now. And I, I used to bake a lot when I was, um, before I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and I always would win like little baking contests at work and, and those kinds of things. And so I, I sort of just started modifying some of my old recipes from my baking days. And I came up with with the autoimmune very berry pie. This is something that uses cassava flour instead of regular flour. And we use palm shortening instead of, you know, like butter or, or some of the other margarines and things that I used to shamefully use, right? So the crust is perfect. And the filling is so delicious. Like I just, I've been getting requests for it, like all season for people for holiday parties and it's been a big hit in the family and with friends too. Oh my gosh, it sounds so delicious. I love pie girl. I can't wait to try that recipe. So the recipes are amazing. And I think that's such a big part. I know that you and I are in alignment when Hajimoto's thyroiditis, it can feel like such a big sentence, feel like such a heavy load that lands on our shoulders when we get this diagnosis and we're not sure how to navigate the waters. But you have done such a marvelous job at helping us move through this with such ease and grace. And food is such a big part of all of it. So I'm so grateful to you that you created this book, that you've personally tested these recipes. I know that nothing goes by you without a lot of research, care, and dedication. So thank you so much. The book is out. It's, It's out. It's available. So where can we go and grab the book? So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold, it should be there. Um, I like to use Amazon because I have the Prime and I get everything in like two days. So <laughs> that that's just a, a tip if you want to get started right away, right? In 48 hours from now, you could be making the pie. That's okay. That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> so you could be pie making and really getting your body back on track with this beautiful book. And we also have a wonderful little giveaway. You have got some of your favorite yummy recipes in this giveaway. Can you tell us a little bit about this, this little gift that you have for us? I do. So on my website, we have five recipes from the cookbook. So these are some of the favorite ones that I picked out to kind of get you started right away and give you give you a little bit of a taste. And then also the first chapter of the book. And, and the first chapter is going to go through kind of, you know, if you're getting started with your healing, it's going to go through, set out the foundation for what you need to do. Mm, I love it. And do you recommend 
Isabella, we should have both books, right? We should have the Hajimoto's Protocol and the Hajimoto's Food Pharmacology. They were really designed to go together. At least I feel like when I look at the two of them, that's what feels right for me. Like I, I'm so grateful. I feel a lot more complete with both in my hand. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. With Hashimoto's protocol, it's very much goes through like how to figure out what your plan is for the next 90 days, right? And so what to do. And with the food pharmacology, we've got the recipes and like all of that, like really practical stuff on like how to do it. So it's like what to do and then how to do it. I would say how they go together. Perfect. Okay. Well, I'm just telling everyone, I as great as it is to get the newest book, and I want you to go out and get it. Honestly, once you're in Amazon, girl, click that button and get both. Get them both because that, I really do feel like that's the complete package. And I know that that's kind of the vision of what, well, girl, I'm just putting words into your mouth. I think that's what the vision of what Isabella was looking for was, you know, it's it's really hard to give people all of that in one book. Uh, it was broken up into two books, really, so that you had the, okay, what is going on with me now? And here's the, the 90-day plan. But then also, how do we really create a lifestyle around this whole thing? Because that's what this book feels like. It feels like now... I'm in position for the lifestyle that I am going to live. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's funny because it could have, you know, like it could have been one ginormous book, but <laughs> it would have been quite heavy to carry. So that's why we've got two. Yes. Well, honey, thank you so much. Any last words, any last inspiration that you want to share with us before we finish up? You know, thank you so much for having me. And and just the one thing that I want to share with everybody, and I, I don't know if this resonates, but for me, really a big part of my healing was believing that I deserve to be healthy and that I deserve to be happy and really investing in myself. So I, I hope that you believe that you're worth it. Mm, I think that's so powerful. I think that that's one of the most important parts of healing is if we don't have the mindset that we believe that we worth it, it's so hard to stay the course. I think that's so important. Thank you for that. All right, my dear. Well, I will see you soon. Thank you so much. I got the books. I'm loving the books. You guys go grab them. They will be all up in the show notes along with the gift with Isabella's favorite recipe. So if you want to just figure out, like maybe just get a taste of what's going on, go and grab that. And thank you so much, honey, for coming on. It was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the work that you're doing. You too, honey. Bye. It's pretty clear that I am absolutely in love with my dear friend Isabella and her message. And I am so grateful for her education that she has created for millions of us to help support and heal Hajimoto's. Now, I have been personally blessed to get to connect with Isabella on many phone calls about my own Hajimoto's journey. She's always been so generous and so gracious with helping me throughout some of my toughest times this last year or so. So I want to strongly encourage you to go out and grab her new book, The Hajimoto's Food Pharmacology, and grab that Hajimoto's Protocol as well. I love that book. If you were to see my version of that book, it is all, you know, dog-eared and highlighted because I've used it so much over the last year. I also want to invite you to grab her amazing recipe little giveaway that she has from the Hajimoto's Food Pharmacology. The link for this awesome smoothie guide is going to be in the show notes for episode 76 or on my website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. And at drmarisa.com slash podcast is where you will find all of the episodes. You can just click around and decide which one you want to listen to. It's probably one of the easiest places to go and listen to the podcast, but it's totally up to you, however you love to listen to those episodes. 
So I want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening to this podcast today. On the next episode, I am coming in hot and ready to celebrate our one year anniversary. And when I say we, I want you to know that it takes a mini village to get these episodes out two times a week. And I am so grateful to my team. Now on the next episode, I am breaking down the top 10 episodes of the year. And let me tell you, they are some of my personal favorites. So join me for the one year anniversary party in this coming episode. You are definitely not gonna wanna miss it. I'm gonna have a couple of amazing giveaways. I'm so excited to celebrate you, to celebrate this beautiful podcast, and to get that information into your hands. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.